Imagine That Studios presents Tales from the Archives, Volume 5 The official anthology of the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences <sighs> Well now, another session of Lost Files ahead of us in this new year, eh, hey, Welly? Oh yes, and with our relocation here at White Rock complete and what we managed to salvage... You mean what Dr. Sound... Ah! Spoilers. Quite right. So, where are the files for us to review? In front of you. What? Is this all? This is all that remains. Once we finish up with these files, the archives will be entirely in order. It's always the last few bits and bobs that seem to take the longest. Yes. Like finishing the final book of a smashing series, getting to the end feels longer than it should. And this story involves our intern, Catherine. I do miss her. In fact, it looks like this file has all of our favorite Canadians. And Josette. Josette. Oh, yes, the one with the hair thing. Though it is very nice. Wait until you see what she gets up to in this one. On Thin Ice by Katie Brisky, narrated by Catherine Lee, featuring the voice talent of Stephanie Lynn Russell, Katie Brisky, Mark Bailey, and Blythe Haynes. February 14th, 1896, Victoria Skating Rink, Montreal, Canada. The young hockey captain had magnificent blonde mustaches. They fluttered as he exhaled, leaving Agent Grace Russell rather breathless. Then she realized the young man was staring at her, equally blonde eyebrows politely lifted. I'm sorry, your name was? He asked for the second time. Or maybe the third. She wasn't sure. Mademoiselle? Grace. Uh, I mean, Agent Grace Russell of le ministère officiel de Coran sans explication. She stopped herself. A brilliant first solo assignment this was not. Ah, uh, I mean... The young man laughed, leaning on his hockey stick. The Amateur Hockey Association knows all about Moose, Agent Russell. You're among friends. Then he frowned. So, you're Anglophone? Heat filled her cheeks. Montreal born and raised, but... Um, yeah. Feeling defensive, she added, I speak French, though. Well enough for Moose. Well, you're no different than most of us, then. The captain nodded to his team, currently skating laps around the rink, and offered her a gloved hand. Mike Grant, captain and coach of the Montreal Victorias. And why have you called on Moose? The young captain glanced at his team. Their large, lazy circles were growing narrower. Beneath the magnificent wooden arches of the Victoria skating rink, the hum of the crowded spectators and the rush of blades over ice seemed magnified. A wiry little man stood to one side, eagerly scribbling on a pad and chatting with the crowd. Grant winced. He beckoned Grace to follow, skating over to the far end of the indoor rink. She slid on her boots as best she could, stepping onto a wooden walkway at the rink's edge with a sigh of relief. Grant's fingers drummed the end of his hockey stick. We've got the Stanley Cup match tonight. Grace nodded. Montreal had spoken of nothing else for weeks. Another team had challenged the Montreal Victorias, the unbeatable 
Montreal Victorias for the Stanley Cup, and they were from Winnipeg. Some ragtag gang from the western boondocks barging into the heart of civilization and bragging they played a better game because their winters lasted longer. Not that Grace had strong feelings about it. She shrugged. The Winnipeg Victorias versus the Montreal Victorias. A single game challenge. Right. Two teams. Same name. Confusing, eh? But his attempt at a smile faltered. We've been getting notes, Agent Russell. Like this one. He fished in his trouser pocket and handed her a crumpled piece of paper. Grace unfolded it. Lose the game, or lose your city. The Stanley Cup must go west. Throw the match, or face your doom. She looked up. Melodramatic. You should have seen the French version. Melodramatic and poorly conjugated. Grant's beautiful mustaches trembled. We've been receiving them for a while. All the same theme. Throw the match. Lose on purpose. The Stanley Cup must go west. The cup must go to Winnipeg. Or else. The wiry man with the notebook slid towards them hopefully, mouth already opening. Grant brushed him off, snapping. Private conference, Cibaplay. The little man's face fell. Swallowing, he retreated, his notebook dangling from his grasp. Grace shot Grant a questioning look. The young hockey captain laughed hollowly. He's with the Winnipeg Free Press. He'd eat this up if he knew. We've got a saboteur in our midst, too. What? For the past few days, since the letters started coming. Skate blades suddenly dulled, missing pucks, sticks splintering in our hands, and someone shredded young Drinkwater's lucky socks. Grant shook his head. It's an occurrence sans explication, Agent Russell. And with the match tonight, we can't take chances. Not with Montreal's hockey honor at stake. We need another eye in the crowd. Someone to watch over us. And the cup. Of course. Grace thrust her hands deep in her pockets, her eyes probing the rink. Narrow windows admitted the sun, but shadows pooled in the high arches at the ceiling, as though the rink were an icy cathedral. Spectator balconies emerged from the gloom, perfect hiding places. The Victoria skating rink was a gem in Montreal's elegant crown, but right now, Grace's shivers had nothing to do with the cold. She turned sharply. The cup is secure for now? Under guard, until game time this evening. Then give me an hour. Clear everyone out. Let your boys rest. I'll evaluate the rink. Check any hidey holes. She hoped her smile looked confident. The Stanley Cup's not going anywhere. Not on my watch. Grant nodded and called to his teammates. Slowly, they did a final loop around the ice, dipping their sticks to the last lingering spectators. All too soon, Grace stood alone in the cavernous rink, her stomach turning. Flags strung from the arches and balconies hung limp in the cold air. She shivered again. Brick walls kept the wind out, but they didn't provide much insulation. From inside her bag, she withdrew a pair of ice skates and laced them on. Pushing towards the center of the rink, she skated with short, quick strides, peering into the corners as she passed. Nothing. One more lap, and then she swapped her skates for boots. Time to search the galleries by foot. In the rink's utter silence, she climbed one rickety staircase after another. The ice gleamed silver far below. Grace gulped. She'd never had much head for heights, and edged her way along the rows, checking each one. 
As she reached the last row, she froze. No sound, no shadow out of place, and yet the hairs along her neck prickled. She eased one hand to her hip, feeling for her pistol. Too late! Something slammed into her shoulder. Her pistol slipped between her fingers, clattered to the floor. Before she could grab it, a heavy boot kicked it under the nearest benches. Strong hands shoved her around so that she faced the ice. The guardrail cut into her stomach, and warm breath tickled the back of her neck. Ah, ma petite. A voice hissed in her ear. Your accent's terrible. Grace shot back, stamping on her attacker's feet. In answer, the attacker shoved harder. Grace gasped as the guardrail slammed against her again, squeezing the breath from her lungs. She cast about behind her, trying to land a lucky scratch or hit, but the attacker only grunted. He began maneuvering her, hoisting her up along the rail. She redoubled her efforts, flailing and squirming, but her lungs screamed from lack of air. Blackness ate at the corners of her vision, the silver ice fading to darkness. And then... What are you doing there, eh? A loud thud rang out from behind Grace, followed by a muffled cry of pain. Something bounced near her boot. Take off, you hoser! Another barrage of thumps followed, hockey pucks bouncing off the ground. The hold on Grace slackened, and she gripped the guardrail, fighting for breath. Footsteps thundered along the gallery and then faded into silence. A soft hand touched her arm. Are you okay, dear? Grace opened her eyes. A girl crouched in front of her. She was scrawny, a teenager with a splash of freckles across her nose. Grace eased herself onto one of the benches, still gasping. <sighs> what? How did you... The girl beamed. Heard a bit of a scuffle, eh? Lots of pucks aboot. I think he ran down the other staircase. She leaned out over the ice, balancing precariously. Don't see him now. He wasn't that big. Guess I scared him. Grace yanked the girl's ill-fitting jacket, tugging her onto the bench. You're scaring me. Get away from there. Another pause as she retrieved her pistol. Reholstering it, she asked, What's your name, kid? Catherine, eh? Catherine Sinclair. Grace Russell. Do your parents know you're here? I, uh... I don't have parents, eh? Despite herself, Grace felt a pang. She shifted closer to the girl. What are you doing here? Well, I'm trying to get to London. England aid, not Ontario. I'm going down to St. Lawrence to Quebec City so I can catch a boat. Figured I'd rest a bit here, see the match. I'm good at laying low, eh? Before Grace could ask another question, Catherine pointed to the sidearm at her other hip. Is that a pneumatic rope gun? Grace frowned. How did you know? Seen him before, eh? Standard in Quebec. <gasps> that means you're an agent of Moose, eh? I... Who were you fighting? Was he in a current son's explication? Your French is worse than his. Grace exhaled, blowing a strand of reddish-brown hair from her face. It's a confidential case. Not for children. I'm fifteen, eh? Close enough. Do you need money? A place to stay? Catherine shook her head. You need me. I don't think so. Please? Catherine tugged at her arm, wide eyes beseeching. I, I won't get into any trouble, eh? I'm good at finding things out. And you should have a partner anyway. The ministry prefers that agents work in pairs whenever possible. Still, I... Grace stopped. What did you say? I said, how's it going, Derry? 
Grace scrutinized the girl. Catherine's young face was innocent in the dusky sunlight, as pale and smooth as untouched snow. Please, eh? I don't have anywhere else to go. Grace sighed. Oh, fine. Catherine leaped to her feet. Right on, eh? Now how about filling me in over some poutine? For the last time, Catherine, I don't have another rope gun. But if I'm an agent of Moose now... You're not. Grace shook her head as they trudged through Montreal's snowy streets. You're a little waif who's too smart for her own good. Where is this clubhouse, anyway? Near the rink. We're almost there. Grace had grown up in this part of Montreal. She knew it like the back of her hand. A few blocks north, the stately buildings of McGill University gleamed. Grace lifted her nose from her scarf, inhaling air sharp as glass. In the falling dusk, people gathered on street corners, their breath hanging like smoke. Speculation about the evening's match and the bets placed thereon flew fast and thick. When they finally reached the Montreal Victoria's clubhouse, warmth enveloped them. In the wood-paneled foyer, Grace shucked her toque and gloves. All right, let's find Captain Grant. Catherine wrinkled her nose. Stinks in here, eh? They're sweaty McGill boys who smoke like chimneys and bathe in beer. What did you expect? I'm too young for this, eh? Now you tell me. Grace shook her head, striding down the corridor towards the manager's office. Come on, I... She stopped dead outside the door. Faint rustling sounded from the other side. Careful, stealthy movements. A low-muttered oath. There's someone in there, she whispered. The team? Doesn't sound like it. Carefully, she knelt at the door, peering through the keyhole. A fledgling agent she may be, but Grace was one of the best lockpickers in her cohort. Silently, she slipped a pin from her hair and inserted it into the lock's mechanism. Holding her breath, straining to hear the furtive movements on the other side, she maneuvered the pin until the tumbler caught. A quick nod to Catherine, and then, still silent, she pushed the door open. At least she tried for silent. At the last moment, the hinges creaked. The rustling stopped. A brief pause and then the unmistakable click of a pistol being readied. Coldness seeped along Grace's spine. She shoved through the door, hoping to overtake the trespasser in a short, desperate rush. Oi! What are you- uh A well-placed boot caught hers, and she went sprawling. Before she could scramble upright, the assailant leaped on top of her, pinning her down. A knee jammed into her shoulder, a hand grabbed her hair, and a gun's cold muzzle kissed her temple. Stop there. By order of Moose. Panic bubbled over into relief, and Grace burst out laughing. I'm Moose too! Agent Grace Russell! An infinitesimal pause followed, and Grace wondered she'd made a terrible mistake. Then the pressure lifted, and she was hauled to her feet. A small, slight woman stood before her, grinning as she tucked her pistol away. Her trousers were immaculately clean, and her dark eyes danced. <laughs> ah, oui. I remember you from moose training. You are quite green still, eh? She touched her toque. I jante un nook tremblé. A pleasure. I... I know you. Everyone knows you. Grace swallowed. Didn't you fight the Wendigo? 
Anuk shrugged. Last year, I have been on assignment since. But Agent Russell, tell me, why are you... Anuk trailed off, cocking her head. Hello, who have we here? Catherine sidled into the room, nodding importantly. Agent Catherine Sinclairy, providing assistance from the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. Grace rubbed her temples. Catherine, I told you, you're not an agent. Oh, take off. You said I wasn't an agent of Moose. You didn't say anything about the Ministry. In answer to Anuk's questioning look, Grace sighed. She's going to London, apparently. And she did help me. See? Quickly she related the facts of the case thus far. Far from looking surprised, Anuk only nodded, her face impassive. I feared as much. But the copy is safe for now. Ça c'est bon. Come, let us find a safe place to talk. Your uh, wife could use supper, hein? She's not my way. I could always use supper, eh? Grace hesitated. I wanted to make a report to the Victoria's managers. I think that you should hear the details of my assignment first. Anuk led them through Montreal's narrow streets. As they wound away from the university, the strains of English yielded more and more to French. But no matter the language, the Stanley Cup match dominated all conversation. The cup must not fall into the hands of the Winnipeggers. Catherine sniffed the air longingly as they passed a bakery selling fresh Montreal bagels, but Anuk shook her head. There is food on the ship. The ship? Grace asked. Anuk flashed a devilish grin. She said nothing until the buildings thinned out and they stood on the snow-covered banks of the St. Lawrence River. February choked Quebec in a frigid grasp. The rising moon broke on floating chunks of ice. Still, a few brave ships plied the waterway, forcing their way from Toronto to Quebec City. A sleek black ship lurked off the quay, a stark shadow against the crystal blues and whites of the winter morning. The name Le Boom was splashed across the hull in red lettering. Harmless at first glance, until Grace noticed the extra gun ports along its side and the metal sheeting around the bow. An icebreaker, she guessed, but quite likely a shipbreaker too. A falcon of a vessel. At the foot of the gangplank, Anuk hesitated. I should warn you, the captain, she is... Bienvenue, mes amis! (sighs) On boarding the ship, they'd been bundled below decks to the captain's quarters. Gas lamps lent the small space a warm glow, playing off elegant wooden furnishings. Catherine contentedly gobbled tortier while Anuk leaned back in her cushioned chair with a scowl. The captain stood over them all, grinning fit to light the cabin. Anuk, you have made new friends. It is good for you, eh? Since you are so prickly. Anuk sighed. Let me introduce Agent Grace Russell, also of Moose, and her protégé, Catherine of... somewhere... Grace, this is... My name is Josette. Captain Josette Desjardins, Moose Naval Division, captain of the ship Le Boom. Le Boom is très petite, Josette said cheerfully. But she has many guns and she has meat and throw it. She has a temper like a trunk bear and... Oh, Anouk, she is just like you. Josette and her crew? 
Anuk continued, her jaw tight. Ferried me from London to Montreal. It was very... Her face twisted. Generous of her. Catherine leaned forward, her eyes shining. You were in London? Anuk nodded briskly. On assignment, as I said. After the affair on Oak Island, I was sent to trace an artifact. It was... An intriguing assignment, bien sûr, one which took me from Jerusalem to Wales to a silversmith's shop in London. She poured a measure of brandy from the decanter on the table. The same silversmith where our coupe Stanley was purchased some years ago. You were in London, Catherine repeated, shaking her head. Did you meet the ministry? Not this time. Quel dommage, Josette burst in. Anouk has an English agent there, and he is her sweetheart, and one day I shall meet him, and... Chaussette! Ta gueule! But you were telling me, he has a name that is very dull. Now, what was it? <gasps> ah oui, je me souviens, I remember, his name is... Ferme-la! Toi dingue! No, that was not it. Josette shrugged, tossing her shining hair. I have forgotten again. These English names, eh? She beamed at Grace and Catherine. Would you like to touch my hair? Grace blinked. Uh... Sure, eh? Catherine said, reaching across the table. Catherine, no! Anouk batted her hand away. Listen. The Stanley Cup is le sang royal. Silence. Grace cleared her throat. The what? The holy grail. Anna gripped the table, her face flushed. Merveilleux, wonderful, but not necessarily the only chalice. In early mythology, the Sangreal was not a cup, hein? Eh? It was a saucer, wide and deep. An image of the Stanley Cup's wide basin passed before Grace's eyes. She sat bolt upright, realization running like winter's chill through her veins. And it was sent to Britain? Oui, c'est vrai. Possibly by Joseph of Arimathea. Who knows? But it traveled the island, hidden, hiding in plain sight. Until, I think, it came to rest in London, where Lord Stanley of Preston purchased it for ten guineas and gave it to our amateur hockey association. And someone else knows, Grace breathed. Those letters urging the Victorias to throw the game. The cup must go west. If the Victorias lose, the Stanley Cup goes to Winnipeg. If they know, why not steal it now? Catherine returned to her tortier, giving the brandy a longing look. Some black powder and dynamite, and then Bob's your uncle, eh? Josette giggled. Ah, <laughs> moi aussi, I have a friend in London. Oh, ma petite, she would like you. Dynamite's not exactly subtle, Grace murmured, gazing around the cabin. There's too many people in Montreal, too much attention on the match. But Winnipeg's out in the hinterland. If you could prepare, if you were waiting, then the cup would be easy to steal. Or swipe it on the train west. Luggage goes missing all the time. Bien sûr. Anouk stood, throwing her shoulders back. And so, the cup... It must not go west. We have made a facsimile here. After tonight's victory, 
we will watch the cup. <laughs> our boys will be well into cups of their own, eh? And then tomorrow, we will go to the clubhouse, replace the cup with our own, and take the Sangreal to Moose's safe house. We are using my punch bowl. Josette flitted around an enameled cabinet on the far side of the cabin. Humming to herself, she opened the floral patterned doors and withdrew a shallow silver bowl. It is a sacrifice. We have had such nights, this bowl and I. But I shall give it up. Grace nodded, but Catherine raised her hand. What if Winnipeg wins? Anouk snorted. <laughs> Those backwards bevelo. <laughs> Do not worry yourself, Catherine. Montreal is undefeated. The girl shrugged. I hear Winnipeg skates pretty good, eh? Grace frowned at her. Are you from around there, Catherine? Catherine hesitated, then nodded vigorously. Uh, it's my hometown, eh? I was right. Josette sniffed. Your accent? It is ridiculous. Ça suffit. Anouk checked her pistols and motioned Grace to do the same. She took Josette's punch bowl under one arm, a grim smile settling on her lips. Grace, we will attend the match tonight. You, Catherine, and myself. We will protect the cup and make the exchange as soon as we are able. Shooting Catherine a raised eyebrow, she continued. If it looks like Winnipeg will win, though they will not, we will make a distraction and seize the Sangreal during the game itself. What about me? Josette wailed. Grace grinned at her. I think you're the distraction. Josette shook her head, her hair gleaming in the gaslight. Naturellement. <laughs> I always wanted to see a Stanley Cup match, eh? Catherine said, slipping some ship's biscuits into the pocket of her oversized coat. It's hockey night! In Canada! Grace clutched her bag, replica Stanley Cup secured inside. The Victoria skating rink hummed. Cheers and whistles rained down from the spectators' galleries. At ice level, excited shouts nearly covered the faint strains of a fiddle. The smell of roasted chestnuts mingled with the peculiar, sharp scent of ice at game time. Grace couldn't help grinning. Grail or no, this was the only place in Canada to be. A jostle at her elbow broke her thoughts. She turned to find the Winnipegger's press agent, his notebook still gripped tightly. He smiled. We've seen each other a few times, eh? Nick Kelly, reporter for the Winnipeg Free Press. Grace smiled back. Grace Russell, hockey enthusiast. He chuckled at that. Holding a private conference with Victoria's captain. Yes, you must be quite the enthusiast indeed. Something in his tone knocked Grace off balance. She forced a laugh, clasping her hands tight behind her back. <laughs> We're old classmates, went to McGill. Small community here in Montreal. Yes, I suppose so. Kelly's gaze drifted towards the ice. Grace's followed, searching for Anouk and Catherine. The electric lights blazed full force, throwing misshapen shadows over the rink and illuminating the flags. A telegrapher stood, ready to transmit the play-by-play -play across the nation. To Grace's relief, Anouk lingered just behind him. She didn't see Catherine, and conceded the girl was, indeed, skilled at matters of stealth. Ah, Kelly commented suddenly. Here come the boys. 
With a sudden rousing strain from the fiddles and a burst from bagpipes, the Montreal Victorias skated onto the ice, sticks lifted high and swooping bees emblazoned on their sweaters. The cheers deafened Grace. She added her voice to the tumult, grinning as Captain Grant raised his stick to her. A moment later, the Winnipeg Victorias made their own entrance, scarlet sweaters decorated with a gold bison. Grace snorted as their goalkeeper shuffled along in white cricket pads. Winnipeg's supporters roared lustily, their volume unimpeded by smaller numbers. A dark-haired man bringing up the rear received an extra swell of excitement. Dan Bain. Kelly murmured, his eyes locked on the ice. Most remarkable athlete in all Western Canada. He'll take the cup home, mark my words. And here comes the referee, Mr. Martin. Mm-hmm, Grace said, ignoring him. The referee skated onto the ice in turn, holding the Stanley Cup aloft. Its silver sides flashed under the buzzing electric lights, and Grace swallowed hard. The Stanley Cup. The Holy Grail. Le Sangrail. How very fitting. A high platform had been erected along the walkway at center ice. Martin carefully lifted the cup onto it, shook hands with the managers of both teams, and then skated to the center line. The two teams faced each other, fingers tight on their sticks and eyes locked. Grace caught her breath as Martin held the puck at arm's length, raised his whistle to his lips, and... Right away, unease stirred in Grace's gut. The hiss and slash of blades scraping ice gradually overpowered the cheers. The Winnipeggers skated hard and fast. Dan Bain led the way in shots on net, his stick cracking the puck like thunder. And he led in penalty minutes, too. Grace winced as his thick shoulders slammed into Captain Grant once again. The referee's whistle shrieked and Bane skated to the rink's edge, smirking. Oh, he's remarkable all right, she commented to Kelly. Silence. Tabernack. She spun, scanning the crowd. Kelly wove through the roaring crowds, his head down, making his way towards the cup's platform. Grimly, she followed. The spectators thronged so thick, she struggled to stay on the walkway. And then, disaster struck. Winnipeg scored. Grace halted, the blood draining to her toes. Montreal's goaltender scrambled after the puck, face scarlet and lips pressed together. No cursing, for this was a gentleman's game, but she could tell it was a near thing. The crowd surged forward, pinning both Grace and Nick Kelly in their respective positions. She couldn't move again until the referee called the ten-minute break at mid-game. As soon as she could, she hurried to Anouk's position behind the telegrapher. The intermittent beeping of the telegraph machine set her teeth on edge. The country knew about Montreal's failing now. Anouk glanced up, looking bleak. Merde, she said simply. I hope they make it up in the second half. Anouk, the grit, the cup, the Winnipeg reporter. He's the one behind the notes and the sabotage. I'm sure of it. Uh, we? Oui? He's accompanied the team. He was there when I spoke to Captain Grant, and and he wasn't that big. Guess he scared him. And in the galleries. I didn't get a good look at him, but Catherine did. Anuk, it's him. We need to move now. Give our boys another F. They will still win. But... But if we disrupt the match now, trailing by one, 
We might lose the game. We might lose the cup, but we'll have the grail. Anuk turned away, biting her lip. At last she nodded, her face pained. Not so green anymore, Agent Russell. I will call for Josette. Hurry! Grace called at her retreating back. They're starting again! But Anuk was gone, vanished into the crowd. Grace strained on tiptoes, flinching as screams erupted at the puck's drop. Spotting Kelly edging ever closer to the cup, she shoved past the telegrapher, loosening her pneumatic rope gun as she went. From the corner of her eye, she glimpsed a red-purple streak arcing upwards into the night sky, a burst of light that flashed across the narrow windows for an instant. Then it was gone. The Winnipeggers skated more furiously than before, the vicious crack of sticks and slash of blades filling the quieting rink. Captain Grant zoomed past her, his hair plastered down with sweat, his shoulders slumped. Instinctively, Grace opened her mouth to shout encouragement, but a sudden draft cut through her jacket, whipping red-brown hair across her face. Shivering, she turned. The arena's back door had been flung open. She just spied Anuk's slight figure leaping to one side, and then a much bigger, misshapen figure filled the doorway, silhouetted against the snowy night. The figure lurched forward, unsteadily clambering onto the ice. Josette's giggles rang to the highest point of the rink's curved ceiling. And Captain Josette Desjardins, Moose Naval Division, rode into the Stanley Cup match on an ice-skating moose. The spectators bellowed as one. Grace stood frozen, shocked. She couldn't begin to comprehend the image before her. Josette took a classic writing stance, the reins gripped tightly in one hand. Her strawberry blonde hair whipped behind her. Specially designed skates affixed to the moose's hooves kept the animal upright, if ungainly. The players froze in place, the game forgotten, and Josette cackled with glee. <laughs> Bonjour, Montreal! Bonjour, les boys! Now! Anouk cried. Thinking she meant her, Grace tore her eyes from the incredible sight before her and shoved towards the Stanley Cup. But another horrific giggle made her turn. <laughs> from her bulky saddlebag, Josette withdrew a beaver, clad in ice skates and a brass vest. With one hand, Josette fumbled with a lever on the animal's back. With the hiss of steam and clanking gears, tiny jets in the vest sparked to life. Giggling madly, Josette tossed the beaver away, and the steam-powered rodent zoomed across the rink, darting between the player's legs. Moose technology! Grace shouted, exhilaration overcoming her. Bravo, mes amis! Sure is better than the ministry's tech, eh? A voice said beside her. Catherine popped up without warning, peering ahead. Looks like he's about to take the cup, though. Grace glanced over her shoulder. Josette, Moose, and Beaver streaked across the ice. No one watched her. Quickly, she handed Catherine the pneumatic rope gun and pulled out the false Stanley Cup. When I give the word, you snag the grail. Catherine ran her thumb over the trigger, looking like she was about to burst into tears. Really? You're letting me use the rope gun? Field promotion to honorary agent, and rope guns are standard in Quebec. You know how to shoot that thing? My mother taught me. Go, Grace, hurry! Right. She cracked her knuckles. I owe him a few lumps. 
Sprinting, Grace charged through the crowd, using the false cup to knock spectators from her path. Kelly had just reached the platform. Completely ignoring the chaos unfolding on the ice, he stretched upwards, fingers reaching for the grail's elegant rim. Oi! Hoser! Grace yelled. Take off, eh? As Kelly turned, she hurled the false grail at him. It struck him in the side of the head, and she threw herself on him, shouting, Now, Catherine! A distant pop rang out, and then something rushed overhead. Metal clanged on metal, and then the grail flew backwards as Catherine tugged the rope. Vive les victorias! Josette shrieked, drawing the crowd's attention. They may all touch my hair! <laughs> the moose bellowed in agreement, charging towards Dan Bain with antlers lowered. Seizing the false grail, Grace plunked it atop the platform. She was just turning back to Catherine when a hard kick caught her in the knee. She crumpled, and Kelly loomed over her, a magnificent bruise blossoming across his cheek. You thought it would be so easy, eh? As easy as defending your precious undefeated title. Well, look, we're up by one, and the match is almost over. The cup will go west. Mm, Not on my watch. He grunted, flicking open his pen to reveal a sharp blade. Ah, oui, mademoiselle? Again with the terrible accent? Look, if you're going to butcher the language, you should... But as he raised his arm, another voice cried out, one she didn't recognize with an accent much like her own. Grace! No! Please don't hurt her! Grace, I'm coming! She struggled to see, but then a scrawny form shoved into Kelly. After knocking him off Grace, Catherine flung a hockey puck at him. The puck caught him square in the temple with a sickening thud. For a moment, Kelly wobbled in place, and then he sank to the ground. Grace! Grace! Catherine sank beside her, dropping the pneumatic rope gun. Grace, are you all right? Please, say you're all right. I'm fine. But Catherine, you sound... And then... Bane scored again. Oh, no. Somehow, despite Josette's rampage, the Winnipegger managed to sink another shot into Montreal's net. Grief welled under Grace's breastbone, the entire rink echoing her anguish. But then she glanced across the rink. Josette was guiding the moose back through the doors. Once the moose captain had made her departure, Anouk slammed the doors shut and flashed a thumbs up at Grace, holding her bag high. Warmth and relief gushed through her. Catherine, you did it. Oh, take off, eh? Catherine said, helping her upright. We did it. Montreal was quiet that night, news of the defeat settling heavy and cold as the new-fallen snow. The Stanley Cup would go west. Montreal was no longer the nation's hockey capital. On the moose ship Le Boom, Grace and Anouk examined the Holy Grail. He had Dominion Hockey Challenge Cup engraved on this side. Grace commented, turning it over. And from Stanley of Preston over here. Do you think it makes it less miraculous? Who can say? Anouk shrugged, stretching herself out on one of Josette's luxurious carpets. (sighs) But we succeeded. I will take the Grail to Moose's safe house. Josette's punch bowl will go west, and all shall be well, eh? She smiled. 
You did well, Agent Russell. Her cheeks flushed. Proximity to the wood stove, surely. Thank you, Agent Tremblay. Just then, the door to Josette's cabin flew open and Catherine burst in, clutching a small leather sack that jingled as she moved. Look what I got, eh? Made a killing from the bookies. Grace frowned. What? Oh, I bet on Winnipeg to win the match, eh? Anouk propped herself up, her brows knitting. You bet on... Winnipeg? It's my hometown, eh? Grace bit her lip. She hadn't forgotten the slip in the girl's facade the night before. She hadn't forgotten, but she wouldn't press. Some things, she sensed, were better left untouched, hidden in plain sight. Josette's arrival interrupted her musing. We are ready to cast off. Anouk, Grace, this is your last chance to touch my air. Anouk shook her head, bundling up the grail and slinging her satchel over her shoulder. Grace hesitated. What about Catherine? I'm sailing with Josette, eh? She's taking me to London! Bien sûr! I would like her to meet my friend. She is, uh, explosive, and her air is magnifique! Then I guess this is it. Grace gave Catherine a hug, holding her tighter than she'd intended. I don't know what you're about, kid, but whatever it is, you'll do good. I hope London treats you well. It will. I'm just getting started, eh? Catherine hugged Grace back. You'll do well, too. And maybe... Maybe I'll see you around. Wiping her eyes, she pointed to the door. Now, take off, eh? On the snowy riverbank, Grace blinked back tears of her own. Anouk smiled sadly, adjusting her bag. The grail clinked softly. This feels like an ending somehow, no? Sort of. Anouk cuffed her shoulder. You are not so green, Agent Russell. <laughs> Bien sûr. You are not so green. She looked downriver to where the St. Lawrence wound its wintry, sluggish way to the sea. Me I go east. I will see you again, Grace. Je le jure. And nodding, Agent Anouk Tremblay walked into the rising sun, leaving nothing but footprints in the falling snow and adventures yet to come. Toronto, Canada, present day. After winning the 1896 Stanley Cup Challenge, the Winnipeg Victorias boasted that the Stanley Cup held exactly two gallons of beer. Captain Josette Desjardins insists that they were not trying hard enough, as her beloved punch bowl held at least two and a half. The End Theme music composed and performed by Alex White. Find out more at thegearheart.com. For more from the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences, visit ministryofpeculiaroccurrences.com to order Operation Endgame and the Curse of the Silver Pharaoh. This podcast is protected by the Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Share Alike 3.0 license. 
For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Tales from the Archives. An Imagine That Studios production. I'm T. Morris. And I'm Philippa Ballantyne. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening.